Hello and welcome to a live Crefefe break on Deprogram with Carrie Smith. This is a new channel. If you're tuning in for the first time, it's a new channel. So please hit subscribe and you can hit the notification bell to get, well, if they, if they actually do that, you'll get notifications. Also, <laughs> um, we have, we have a locals now. We have a Patreon and subscribe star if you want to support the show. On locals, we're going to be doing book club next month. We're doing the Anthony Fauci book. So you still have time to read it uh, if you would like to join. And what else? There was something else important. Oh, if you were here last week, Greg Wilson it makes these beautiful handmade knives and he's going to donate one of his knives. Actually, he's going to make a custom knife for you if you are the person who comes up with a good name for this live show. We're just calling it Kerfefe Break for fun in the meantime. But if you come up with the name, just put it in the comments. And on Monday, we're going to announce the winner and we'll ship you one of his beautiful knives once you decide what you want on it. So I'm very excited about today. I have a whole panel of people hanging out with us. So please welcome, you guys probably know all of these people, Adam Coleman. Hello, Adam. Hello. Thanks for having me. Chris K-Dub Williams. What do you prefer to be called? I call you Chris, but... It doesn't matter. I've been called everything, so I could handle Chris or K-Dub. <laughs> K-Dub. And then we have Michelle and... Natalie from Force of Light. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Hey, good, glad to be here with yes. you all. I'm really excited for some of you to meet each other because you, yes. you hadn't met Chris yeah. before, right? No. Yeah, I no, I haven't met either one of these gentlemen. No, me neither. Oh, nice. I think that you'll yeah. have a lot in common. So, um, so today, I don't know what's on your mind, but I, I've just been... I fell into the rabbit hole of this women's swimming event thing <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about it. Maybe because of the visual images of, <laughs> of Leah Thomas and then the other winners. Cole, could you put up on the screen? It's the link of the pictures. It says, it says the whole story in two pictures. I just want to show this because I think this is visually disturbing. Are you guys familiar with what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Unfortunately. So, unfortunately. Yeah. So <laughs> Leah Thomas, if you're not, if you're listening and you're not aware, Leah Thomas just won the women's 500 yard freestyle event for NCAA, the women's swimming competition. She is the woman's champion or so she should say he, it's a transgender woman and scroll up to the top there and let's see that article. Okay. Leah Thomas of Penn becomes the first transgender woman NCAA swimming championship winner and <laughs> scroll down just a little Cole. The first of many. Yeah. <laughs> the first of many. Yeah. Right. The way we're right. Going. Uh, right. I want to see actually, instead of reading this piece about her big win, can you put up the link? It's not in order, but it's the link that says two pictures say it all, or maybe I can put it up. Let's see. I'm going to put it up. I had a horrible joke, but I'll, I'll keep it. In. What is it? <laughs> Let's hear oh, it. <laughs> no, it's just you. You said her big, and I was like, "Where's Carrie about to go with this?" Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Well, that's actually. It's like there's something about the pictures. That's why I want to share it because. Uh, oh, it's not working, Cole. If you can find those photos, there we go. Okay, click on that first one. Now this is the winner's podium at the end. Third so place you, is so heated. I know. Look at that. There's something so about heated. 
the visual here that I've, I don't know how people can look at this and think yeah. it's okay because you're, it's like you're lying eyes. You don't want to believe your lying eyes. Is that what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. one in third, her face is just like, I love it. <laughs> She's like, I should be second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then you see the second place winner there, Emma, who, you know, is kind of doing a, a cute little pose. But go to the next picture. So then they took more pictures and the three women who won. <laughs> second, yeah. Second, third and fourth place. They all grouped together. If you're just listening to this later and you're not watching, they're all grouped together. And then you've got Leah Thomas, this gigantic man standing off by himself like the blocking in this the the uh, behavioral cues here is just fascinating yeah absolutely like you can tell this is their way of making a point yeah, the, mm -hmm. the body language says a lot yeah and i just want to point out that no woman stands like that such a guy stance. It is. I mean, you're going to compete in women's sports. You've got to learn how to stand like a woman, is all Seriously. I'm saying. He doesn't. Uh, now, correct. Do you guys know the details of, of, of Leah Thomas? And correct me if I'm wrong. He hasn't had any surgery. He changes in the women's locker room. Fully naked with his male genitalia. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> All out there, huh? It's just, that's a lot to deal with. Wow. Well, I mean, I would imagine life is a little bit more difficult putting on a, a, a women's swimming outfit with a boner. So <laughs> <laughs> he's got his challenges cut out for him. Yeah. So. This just happened, and there has been on Twitter, I was pleasantly surprised to see there was a little bit of, you know, some people, an outrage. The The University of Pennsylvania, they're getting ratioed on Twitter right now with people saying, you should be ashamed of yourselves. And But the, but the real disheartening thing is that, what are the women doing? What are the swimmers doing? Do you feel that they're morally culpable in this or ethically culpable? Because they're still swimming. Like, I like that they stood apart from him, but if they want to put a stop to this, don't they need to get out of the pool? Oh, that would be a, a huge, like, you know, like slap in the face back to the Olympic sports or sports in general. Like, we're not even, we're not even going to like, like, it would be cool. Like, you know, at the start of the race, like everybody just stops and he's the only one swimming. Like, you know, right. wouldn't that be like so awesome to see? And they just kind of like, we're not even going to, we're not even going to race. You know what I mean? You know, I, I kind of feel it's like maybe that this is kind of the beginning of their little stance, literally the way they all get together, because this has kind of been the first in the situation. And, and I mean, college athletes, they're between 18 to 21 to 22 years old. They they probably are just trying to figure what do we do right now? Yeah. How do we handle this situation? How do we feel about Be, this? Because like, as these young girls, if we come out against this, we know we're about to be swarmed and attacked by ESPN and, and the far left media. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, it'll be interesting to see as this continues, will they kind of figure out, hey guys, we need to rally together and just not compete. Mm -hmm. um, because they're probably honestly just trying to figure out what the heck they need to do. Yeah. And trying to be politically correct, probably. And, you know, young college women. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. All right. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I understand that idea of like doing like some sort of protest, but at the same time, I would imagine, you know, I'm no, I'm no athlete, but I would imagine you spend majority of your life working on a sport to just say F it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like people know who the real first place winner is. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that's a very good point. They put them in a terrible situation because these girls have dedicated their lives up until this point to this craft or their, this uh, athletic competition. And, it, that's and then they have to pretend that then they have to like, pretend, pretend yes. that she got second place when really she got first place yeah. and, right. you know, yeah. and just act like this is normal. And again, I don't know what they're being told, like the authorities above them, because they could be told if you guys don't swim, your scholarship's gone. Like you're mm -hmm. now having to pay 50,000 a year for school. So there is probably a lot on the line for these girls. Yeah. Cole, actually, Cole, can you pull up the Virginia Tech link? The, where the Virginia Tech, uh, it's a post-millennial link. There is one swimmer who's going on the record about this as opposing it. And as we'll see when this comes up on the screen, they've been told not to say anything. I so their, their coaches, everyone's telling them to stay quiet about it. If you guys are just listening at home, this is a post-millennial article. And the headline is Virginia Tech swimmer goes on record against Leah Thomas competing in women's sports. And can you scroll down just a little? I want to show you. There's a video here uh, that maybe we can get to play. Now, she said <laughs> that. <laughs> what? Oh, the pictures. Uh, keep scrolling. Oh. Keep scrolling. <laughs> keep scrolling. The photo, it's like it's totally slanting down <laughs> in height, in terms of height. <laughs> I'm going to read a little bit of this, and maybe we can play this video as well. Uh, following the transgender swimmer, Leah Thomas's performance in the qualifying round for the NCAA Women's Championship, a Virginia Tech swimmer has become one of the first to publicly speak out against the biological male swimmer. And let's see, that video is coming up here. Biological male swimmer competing against women. It's a common conception that we are all very disappointed and frustrated with someone who is has capabilities more than us women have to be able to compete at this level and take opportunities away from other women, the unnamed Virginia Tech swimmer told Savannah Hernandez. See if, see if we can get audio, see if we can play that video call. I just want to hear it from her. It's the clip in the article where she is talking to Savannah Hernandez. There you go. Look at all the ads. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't want marijuana. It's time for an additional Please toilet and sink. Oh, no, not an ad. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no. Okay. Well, you guys can go. We'll put the link to this in the uh, description for today. You guys can go and watch that. But basically, she says that the coaches are telling them that they're not allowed to speak out. And so is competing today as a swimmer in this competition. Um, what are you feeling? What are other athletes feeling? It's a common conception that we are all very disappointed and frustrated with someone who is, has capabilities more than us women have to be able to compete at this level and take opportunities away from other women. Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to 
absolutely blow away the competition and you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance if that makes sense like it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity the muscle development the body of a man it, it's hard it's hard to think about it like that and staying positive i bet for other swimmers who are in that uh heat is probably overwhelming i i'm not sure i can't speak for them but it, it's disappointing to see and frustrating definitely and you said that one of your teammates was crying today because she didn't make the finals. Uh, you said that she was 17th yes. and there were 16 spots. Yes. So uh, Leah Thomas took one of those spots. Uh, talk to us about what your teammate uh, was going through and, and that experience. She was very emotional and it's hard to see because it's her last NCAAs. And um, she really loves that race. And it was just heartbreaking to see that she put all her effort into it today. And when the best time that she's went in a morning session before and still not make it back. It, it, it's hard to see someone who works every day, every night, still not be able to compete against someone like that. Wow. Yeah. You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, her friend is the casualty of the culture war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, know. and what, what comes to my mind, I mean, I played sports through college and it's like, what comes to my mind is these are like athletes. They're competitive and they're demoralized. That's the word. She, I mean, she didn't use that word, but that's what she's saying. She said, we go in knowing we don't have a chance. And that's like the worst feeling it's ever. Really, it's kind of sad to oh. hear and like her friend's experience. It's you know? very sad for, for athletic minded people who it's a competition and to go in knowing we have no shot to win. I mean, that it's, it's, what's the point? it's truly not fair. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, what sport did you play? Uh, basketball. Oh, did and, you see Adam I mean, tweet about back, basketball? <laughs> now looking back, I wish I would have got one of my male friends to come be our point guard, and we could have like really dominated. I mean, <laughs> you guys would have been number one all the time. I mean, through the nation. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll look something up prior to this show. I graduated high school in two thousand eight, and I, I did I did sports as well. Um, I was really passionate about football and I just did track just because I mean, hang out with friends. Honestly, I wasn't really serious about it, but my 400 time in 2008 would have placed me fourth in the women Olympics. And wow, I, I, I'm not claiming to be some super athlete either. Just some average guy with an average time, but I would have gotten fourth place cool. in 2008 Olympics. And I'm like, Somebody should have told me about this a long time ago. Like, <laughs> you know, I could be cashing in, you know, like hook a brother. You could up, have been like, a oh, team. Come on, fourth. I mean, that's not bad, you know. <laughs> have you seen that? That you guys, that funny meme. It was going around a while ago. It's a, uh, it, it's the ACLU now recruiting mediocre men for women's sports. <laughs> if you post that meme on Facebook, they you they will take it down and give you a ban or they did me anyway you i i got away with putting it on twitter but facebook was like nope nope insulting to trans women unbelievable i mean like go ahead i I was i was joking around with uh, the juana man image throwing that around because it's you know that was a a satirical movie right it was meant to be ridiculous um but i'm so waiting for it to happen like uh, swimming is not the most sought after sport or watch sport right but basketball oh Bro, yeah could you could you imagine like if lebron james went and just played <laughs> WNBA? <laughs> like he would probably destroy every record in a single season like career stats for women 
destroyed even. in a se- season. <laughs> you, you don't even need a LeBron James. All you yeah, need, that's true. All you need is a, is a um, a Division One, uh, you know, basketball player. Right. Anyone, pick one, right. and yeah. he will crush it. He'll crush yeah. it in the, in college, and then he'll make it into the WNBA, and you'll kill all the records. <laughs> like that's that's how that's how crazy things are. But I, it makes me think about the the uh, conversation with John McEnroe um, when he. I don't know if you remember, he got a bunch of backlash because he was saying that any guy would take out Serena Williams. Any guy who's ranked would take out Serena yeah. Williams. And they're like, "How could you say that? Serena's the greatest thing in the world." Serena was like. Oh yeah, all the guys would destroy me. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the hundredth ranked guy would destroy her. Yeah, right. you would so, destroy her. Okay. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you got. You guys have fans here. Uh, Force oh. of Light. I just want to say, JS Pina in the chat says, "What's up, Force of Light? What's up? Thank Hello, yeah, we love to see you. Um, yeah, I, I think Kenya. part of this is people don't. People who, let's say young or naive people, and maybe some older people as well, who are being told that there are no biological differences between men and women. I've seen them on social media saying things like, well, you know, I'm a woman and I can run faster than my husband. And I'm like, that doesn't, you're not an elite athlete. That's because your husband's an <laughs> armchair quarterback on the couch. That's why, he's, you know, but <laughs> he's, right. he's, he's overweight, you know, something like that. But put, yeah. put go run against the top guy. No, not, not even the top guys, the, you know, yeah. the mid rank guys, you would lose. And, and, and someone brought us up, but, or she brought it up about that. You know, you're going to a, a, a athletic, event knowing you're never going to get first no you could run your best time by far yeah and that 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 would be demoralizing you know knowing yeah that the the best you can do is second place well (laughs) and and we just brought up like serena williams like Mm -hmm. uh if you put like men in there it takes away from the greatness of serena williams i mean serena williams is amazing at what she's done and and how long she's been able to do it and again it just I know, Carrie, when you were on our channel, I brought up one of my favorite movies is A League of Their Own. And it's like they could no longer make that movie because we'd have to have men in A League of Their Own. Yeah. (laughs) At which point it's not A League of Their Own. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Men and women's sports are cool up until about age 11 or 12, you know, and that's where you start because girls are pretty much like better at sports or anything prior to like a certain age and like once that age happens it's like please separate them you know uh for the safety of the women you know things like that yeah absolutely i think i think women's uh what is it long distance swimming that's the only thing isn't that the only thing that women have a physiological advantage on average in because it's long distance and i don't even think it's um the closest thing that i've ever been been able to see is like um every now and then the fastest woman would probably be get like sixth place in like the hundred meter or mm-hmm. like she, she or she would be like it's it's not as big as a gap like in the hundred meter like like the far the further you go the bigger the gaps are like look at like the hundred and then look at like the four hundred like when it when it comes to track the 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 gap just gets way larger you know mm-hmm. um so I, I mean I will have to look into that but as far as I know like everything you take the top guys 
and physical sports and the tough women, it's 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 not like they wouldn't even be able to make the Olympics. Yeah. You know, and just about anything. And the thing about swimming in particular. So I used to work with uh, when when I had a in my old life, when I managed comedians, my partner managed musicians and also swimmers. So she she had been a swimmer in college. She was really in that swimming world. And we started representing some some actually some Olympic swimmers. And it comes down to fractions of a second. That's that's how they that's what determines the first or second place. They they for the the best people in that field, it's literally fractions of a second. But not with Leah Thomas. It's like there's whole second. Anybody that knows swimming is like there should not be entire seconds elapsing between first place and second place. And then you look at the the women who won second, third, and fourth. They're all grouped together. But that that first guy and the video of it. I also encourage people to watch the video. People were pointing out he doesn't even look like he's trying. That's like what you I was can see, say. yeah, it, 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 it's effortlessly. Like he probably yeah. like let let me make this closer so it doesn't look as bad. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I if I mean if I'm running a race against like a ten year old, I'm not going to try my hardest, right? You know, right. Versus someone my age and you know my ability, that's going to bring out the competitive. So even on a like adrenaline competitiveness, it's not even bringing out the best in you. You know, yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe I'm petty, but I would crush that ten year old and teach him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> ever challenge me again? <laughs> this is what the world is like, kid. Yes, it's yeah. hard. It doesn't care about you. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're making me think of something, That's Adam. Uh, one of the elders in my church he gave he gave a guest sermon one once where he was talking about the self esteem. Uh, culture that we have this whole culture of everybody gets a trophy and mm -hmm. building up kids with this unrealistic expectation of what life is like. And he was giving an, a, a personal example and he shared it in the sermon and it's online. You can find it. So I'm going to share it. He said that when his grandkid was, was young, he played football with him all the time. And he was really teaching him a lot about football and his grandson became really good at it. And he said at one point he said to him, you know, Grandpa, am I the best quarterback you've ever seen? And he was like, no. <laughs> Not at all. Right. Not even close. <laughs> that's, that's, and then he named some famous quarterback. I forget who, but he was like, no, that's so-and-so. And he's, and the kid's like, uh, and he's like, no, really, let's watch his videos. Look how good he is. You're right. nothing like that. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Welcome know. to the real world. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm, I'm make it a, I'm exaggerating a bit but no he was his point was don't build up this unrealistic expectation in the kid's head and be like look here's why he's very good let's watch some of his videos you know yeah yeah um we do have another we our channel just got monetized so I'm excited that we're even getting super chats I'll fight you naked hello sir says uh could wife beaters get off if they identify as female they're not getting off but they are being put in women's prisons. I've seen this, especially in the UK. Oh. Have you guys seen that? No, I've, I've heard of I've heard of California like that. too. California, yeah, they're they're being put in women's prisons, and in some cases, taxpayer dollars are being used to fund their surgery right. if they want it. Oh. Um, but others are choosing not to. In the UK, anyway, they don't even have to have surgery. They can go into the women's jail, even if they're a convicted rapist. 
Wait, so pedophile? You, you can have some guys like that just goes up in there. He's like, wait, I identify as a female, and they'll put him in the yes. Wow. Yeah, UK. The UK, wow. I think, is a little bit ahead of us on this in terms of going down that rabbit hole of of you know your your biological sex is just whatever you say it is. It's fluid. Yeah. Um. Well, along these same lines, there were two things because it's Women's History Month. And I just wanted to celebrate women. What is women? You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is, is it? Woman? What is a woman? Yes. So along these same lines, there's another article I sent Cole. This is about Rachel Levine. Levine. Um, can you pull <laughs> that one up, Cole? So USA Today just had a big thing for Women's History Month, and they have named Rachel Levine as one of its women of the year. Let's scroll down. I think there's a photo of, of him here. Uh, oh God. What, a <laughs> what a terrible trend. there we go yeah. yeah happy women's history month ladies Ugh. the number one swimmers the women of the year <laughs> i men are you... destroying women's month yeah. <laughs> yeah somebody on twitter said uh women are history month <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys make of this? And I mean, I, I want to talk big picture just a little bit, if you don't mind. What do you make of this? And and where do you think we're headed as a society? Because like I said, you would think that the visual, just looking at it with your own eyes, that that picture of Leah Thomas, who's so much taller than the female athletes, that that, that would have some kind of impact. I was like, this is reality. What are we doing? But the people in charge, the people running these sports, the people at the colleges, the coaches, it's it's not having that impact. Where where do you guys see this headed? Um, well, well uh, my first know. thought was, <clears throat> I mean, this might sound kind of extreme, but it's like, like they hate women almost, you know? It's like, I mean, I know that sounds extreme, but it's just like, why else would you try and, it's like, so we they don't even get the accolades they deserve. A man gets that. So it's like, it makes me think somebody somewhere hates women, even though they accuse the other side of that all the time of being sexist and all these things, but really maybe they hate women. I don't know who they is, but you know. <laughs> I don't think that's well, extreme at all, but go ahead. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to piggyback off of what you were saying, um, I think they're just making a mockery of women. Yes. Um, but I think, in the, the bigger picture is, you know, people who are transgender just become invented two years ago. Uh, they've been in our society. Uh, you know, they have jobs, they do their own thing. This, that's, that's the unfortunate part. It's almost like when we talk about uh, BLM and then black people, because they're two separate entities. They're, these are activist uh, divisions. Uh, when we talk about these particular topics, people like uh, Levine, whatever his name, um, they're activists, you know, and, and they, they take the accolades of women uh, because they are ultimately selfish people. Um, they, they have no problem, you know, stomping all over someone else's, uh, over someone else's accomplishments just so they can boast themselves up. You know, it's the same thing with Leah Thomas. Uh, you know, they're, I think if you talk to anybody else uh, who, who isn't on the activist mindset, who has, you know, like, like Buck Angel, for example, 
there is no confusion from Buck Angel as far as what they actually are, right? But this is a new mindset that has been uh, implanted in the minds of people who want to become transgender. Um, I even question if some of them really feel this way. You know, um, I go back to, I don't know if you remember the, the, well, you remember the Dave Chappelle situation, the, his last special, where the, the person, was that Tiger? <laughs> it is, I'm muting myself. <laughs> it's okay. Um, the situation where someone who's transgender, who worked at Netflix, wanted to do this whole protest thing. And I remember being on Twitter and they were taking pictures of them in panties with half chub. Um, and, but the, here's the, 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 the entire thing to me is when I take that picture and then I rewind a matter of months before it was a guy. And I think to myself as a white male, let's say you're straight as a straight white male, you don't get any real attention, especially, you know, working at Netflix and, you know, some ideological cesspool, but you do get attention from appearing this particular way. And by claiming something that you don't even really need proof of, you just say, this is my truth. This is how I feel. And I really do believe it's, there's a, there's a mixing up of people who simply just want attention, who want accolades, who want uh, promotion. Uh, and people, I can't remember the term, but men who enjoy wearing women's clothes. Um, I think that's also part of the, the entire mix. To me, uh, I, I think of just like the long history of uh, women and uh, many of things that women have fought for. Um, I mean, it was a time where obviously being a woman was oppressive um, and not as popular. So to me, it's like it's it's very interesting that this stuff is arising now as opposed to in the 40s. In the 40s, nobody's want to be a transgender, right? Like just like. Rachel Zozal, <laughs> she 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 wasn't claim she wouldn't have been claiming to be black in like the 1800s. Like it's yeah, it would have been very the irony is yes, you want to be a woman when it's popular, and guess what, you get Uber rights and all this. So maybe I'm a being too straightforward, but I mean, no. that, I just call it like I see it. It's it's no, you make a good point actually with comedy, but yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, there are benefits but, now to being perceived as this as part of one of these oppressed groups. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I, of course, but not to necessarily push back on on Chris, but I, I also ask myself how oppressive was society really for women, you know, from a long time ago? Because the the entire thing that always comes up is well, women couldn't vote, and that uh, because they couldn't vote, they were all of a sudden oppressed in every other aspect of their life. Like to me, that doesn't, that doesn't hold too much water because life is oppressive. You know, are you worrying about voting if you can't feed yourself, if you're starving, if the crops aren't coming in? I mean, is that the most important thing to highlight for someone? So I personally think that life is oppressive uh, and we're now in an abundant society. So now we all, we think, um, you know, because we're an abundant society, we don't have to worry about those things that throughout human history we had to be concerned about. So now we, we look at the, the micros and the micros and the micros. Well, they said this to me. Well, I felt this particular way. Like, that's not how human history has ever been. You know, let's hope that someone doesn't come into your village and rape you and then take you away. Let's hope that someone doesn't come and steal all your resources and then the rest of the people that you know die 
because of it. So, you know, the the women were oppressed from a long period ago, you know, where men men were getting accolades, women were alongside them to reap the rewards too. So I, I think that when we talk about these people were oppressed and, and felt this particular way, listen, you know, there were black slave owners too. You know, it doesn't mean that any of this is right, but it's, this is the reality. And I, I don't know, I just kind of not, this isn't directed at, at Chris or anything, but when I hear people talk about the past, I always hear them talk about the past, like the people in the past were these like backwards thinking, you know, uh, they walked on their, on their knuckles, <laughs> you know, but they were people. And we think right. that we're, we're somehow much better than them because we can have a conversation across the country. We just have tools, right? We didn't invent this. Carrie, me, Chris, ladies, we, we didn't invent this. We're using it. Right? I can barely so use we, it. <laughs> exactly. Same. So if we were to switch places with, with someone from the 1920s, give them enough time, they'll figure it out because they're still human beings. Right. So that's, that's my, my little rant about the past. You, you made me think of something when you talked about, uh, you know, microaggressions and people kind of getting making fun of. I don't know if you saw I can't remember her name, but the tennis player who uh, like had a meltdown because uh, oh, yeah, someone yeah. was uh, um, mocking her, making fun of Osaka or something of that. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm like, I think I'm like, well, you you wouldn't want to play guy sports, you know, because I mean, <laughs> have you been to an NBA game courtside? I mean, Reggie Miller back in the day. I'm just thinking of all the the crazy names the guys get called, and you know, I mean, I remember the Detroit Pistons and Indiana Pacers brawl. I mean, that was that was crazy. So I'm just thinking of like, you don't see a lot of women wanting to go play men's sports, you know? It's always men going well. <laughs> because they wouldn't be able to, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's always men taking women's sports. And to me, it seems counterintuitive to, like, people who actually believe uh, feminism. If you if you are a feminism, I'm like, you should be the biggest person speaking out against this. That's why I, I, I really respect yeah. uh, J.K. Rowling for the yeah. things she said. J.K. Rowling does not give a crap anymore. <laughs> I love she, it. She's in that place where... And 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 don't get me wrong, anyone listening, it's not about it's not about well, she's so successful she can say whatever she wants. No, she's sacrificing a lot. Even being a person who has power, money, and prestige, she's still sacrificing a lot. Um, I'm gonna mute you for just a second, Chris, because there's an echo, I think, on your end. Just a second. Uh but what what she's doing is that she's she's at that point where she doesn't care anymore because no matter if you are at her level of influence or not, you reach that place where when you start speaking truth, I think you just don't, you don't, you don't care. Once you've done it once, the more you do it, you're like, it doesn't matter. They've called me yeah. every name. They, they're going to call me. They call her transphobic all the time. And it starts to be like um, water off a duck's back. Like how many times are you going to call me that? It doesn't have the effect that it used to when I was first afraid of it, you know? Exactly. I'm, I'm pretty so sure. True. I know they, I never watched Harry Potter, but I, I know they just did that HBO Max special with the cast and, and just for, I guess, how many years it's been since Harry Potter. And I know, I'm pretty sure it would, like they let everyone know, like she was not invited. She was not going to come. <laughs> and then didn't like Emma... Did, did she did like, she address I guess it? She said something, made like a little comment or something, or let's yeah. yeah. And isn't that kind of I think that's almost funny. You have Emma Watson who's like 
this new like modern feminist and then you have jk rowling who i think truly is more of an actual feminist um like literally cares about women's issues <laughs> and it's just funny that that the modern feminists are sitting there attacking a woman for trying to stand up for women mm -hmm. and it's just yeah. it's bizarre it's a it's bizarre a new, time like a woman who's went out on her own and became crazy successful yes yeah, wrote it like, yeah, one of the most uh, popular sci or fantasy uh, stories in a long, long time. Yeah. It's, it, some of that is that split that happened between. Yes. So I, I don't know about you guys, but I was in some women's studies minor before it was cool. <laughs> and, and so I learned about in feminism, there was this, you know, they call it the second, first wave, second wave, yes. the first wave were the, the suffragettes who were fighting for women's right to vote. And then you had the second wave of feminism, which was in the sixties. And they were, it was more of a cultural revolution around getting women into the workplace and the ideas about what is feminine and what's not. And it's sort of pushing back on the idea that there are, um, that gen the what they thought were the restrictive nature of gender roles. So those second wave feminists are at odds, a lot of them, with the mm -hmm. third wave and the fourth wave. Third and fourth wave have become overtaken by these younger generations, overtaken by the trans activists. And it and that's why they're calling. They hate the they hate the second wave. They're calling them people like J.K. Rowling TERFs, trans exclusionary radical feminists. Um, and so it's this whole splintering that's happening in the feminist movement, which I think is a positive thing. Yeah, I think it's a positive thing. I, well, I just thought about something. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I was just thinking about no. something. Maybe there's going to be a fifth wave, and that's the trans <laughs> wave, right? The trans feminists, they're going to... Oh my God, it's going to be crazy. I don't have the language <laughs> to keep up with all this, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to put a, a super chat up. This is from uh, Tara. Hi, Tara. She says, teen girls and women will end up dropping contact sports because it will be physically too dangerous to compete against men. Yes. And also, I think you're right. And also because um, they're not going to be placing. They're not going to be winning. So the more that this is that this is tolerated by society and by all the institutions, the, the sporting institutions, the colleges, the media, the more that it's propped up, you're going to see more men entering women's sports. And I guess women's sports are going to die. Because what is the incentive? I got to be number two. <laughs> you know? I worked my whole life. Well, well and I got to be number I two. I mean, that's just now there'll probably be more transgendered men that uh want to participate in sports i told you i'm thinking about trying out so you know I mean. <laughs> we have another from tara she says my sons have been capable of physically beating me up since they were eight and nine sex differences are real yeah. sorry adam i cut you off well i uh, maybe we'll hear about coming out of retirement Teresa brady Entering the <laughs> wait, who's Teresa Brady? Tom Brady. Oh. <laughs> Is he a court? He's the quarterback, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, that's the one from my my uh, elders analogy. I think that's, that's the one he said. Oh, no, okay. Tom Brady's the best quarterback. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I did want to put up one more. Oh, Sue Escobar, thank you. She says, "Great show. I recommend looking into the transhumanist agenda." That's the larger picture mm -hmm. here, a merging of culture and biology 
with a goal of depopulation via various mechanisms, neo-eugenics. Thank you, Sue. That yeah, I do exciting. think I do think that there's <laughs> something like that afoot. It's funny, as much as they hold up the handmaid's tale and try to claim it as their own, they don't seem to realize they're pushing us there in so many <laughs> ways. It's like what are you maybe it's because they haven't read the book. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I did want to put up on the screen, Cole, that there's that one tweet from, now I really like this one. This is from Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> and yeah, Caitlyn Jenner, also won Woman of the Year a few years ago. I forget which magazine put her on the cover. So Caitlyn Jenner, trans woman, biological male, who also happens to be a conservative and does not is not one of these activists who's pushing all of this and and is an Olympic athlete says um, so so Pink News, which is a gay and lesbian publication, put out an article where they say Caitlyn Jenner incites yet another disgraceful attack on trans athletes, and then Caitlyn responded and said, "No, I just had the balls to stand up for women and girls in sports." <laughs> the irony. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. I have to call bullshit on Caitlyn Jenner. Really? I, for Complete bullshit. For one, you transition and then you take an award away from a woman. True. Right? And you're not even an athlete currently. Imagine the gall, right? Mm -hmm. And then now, all of a sudden, because you're, you're no longer the golden child of the mainstream okay. media, because they realize that you have some conservative values, mind you. He's from California. Right. So I don't know how conservative he actually is, but you have some conservative value and you said some things that go against the narrative. Now you're the pariah. So now you can say, well, I have the balls to stand up to like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but you, you had no problem doing that a few years ago, taking it away from a woman who was actually an athlete. You weren't. And when you were an athlete, you didn't even claim to be a woman. It was a fucking athlete like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Like, imagine that. Back when Wheaties were popular. I mean, like, <laughs> right, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. I, I, I saw that and I was just like, you're actually part of the problem. You know, mm -hmm. like, okay, you're trying. I'm, I'm thankful that you're, you're exposing this issue, right? I, I, I want to hear you and I, I want to thank you where you're right, right? You're, you're right that, you know, transgender people should not be taken away from, you know, real women. You're right. But you're you're being a hypocrite, you know, like you took away someone's, as Adam pointed out to someone's award. I, I just I feel for poor Caitlin sometimes because because Natalie's <laughs> a huge fan of the show. Let's be oh, real. <laughs> no, Wait, like, which show? The, Keeping up no, with the Kardashians. Okay, I haven't oh. watched that in a long time. Okay, admit way. you've seen every season. But <laughs> I'm just saying, he, she, Caitlin. Caitlin can't win for losing sometimes because it's like neither community really embraces, you know, like, <laughs> but I'm saying really, like, it's Caitlin's you know, a mixed I think, kid. I think when what Caitlin's the mixed kid, she's not black, but she's not white as well. So like, <laughs> you're the mulatto, it's hard to really fit into either community, you know. And, and like, so. I think when the woman of the year thing happened, it was like she was really hot at that time, and I think it was kind of a Cinderella moment for her, you know. She was like, Oh, you know, like, take me to the ball, like, <laughs> got the dress, everything, having a moment, you know, like just getting all the attention. 
And then, yeah, so it's like, I, I don't know what to think of, of Caitlin, but. Can I, I can think, ask? I think what, oh, what I was going to say is I think when, like, uh, when Caitlin, I believe, voted for Trump, I think was kind of fully rejected by that community, at which point mm -hmm. now, yes, now let's speak out against these things. because And that does happen. Just that they yeah. have, people kind of go where they're accepted, I guess. Yeah. Can I ask you guys uh, about your personal, oh, go ahead, Adam, first. Well, I hear what you're saying. You go where you're accepted. But I. this goes back to what I was saying earlier. There is a level of selfishness when it comes to oh, this. Oh, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just, yeah. 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 So like when it, it to me, like, like you said, it's hypocrisy. You know, for you to, you know, people were putting the spotlight on you and you say, look at me, I'm beautiful. I'm a queen. And then you go and take all the accolades, not only just the woman of the year, but showing up on covers where other women would have been on for magazines to get the attention that they may have wanted. So, I mean, she took up uh, or he, whatever, took up a lot of airtime uh, and took yeah. up a lot of opportunities from actual women. And now when they don't want to mess with you anymore and you have enough FU money to just say whatever you want anyways, now you're saying these things. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not, that's why I say I, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Do you guys, is it just because you think Caitlin's not sincere or is it because yeah. Caitlin's trans? Okay. I, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't even care. See, that's like with people who follow me, uh, most of the time I talk about people's hypocrisy, you know, because uh, you know, it's, it's almost human nature to be inconsistent, but when your inconsistencies are so glaringly obvious, um, you know, when I watch people uh, uh, use uh, the COVID, for example, when I watch people just before the election say, I wouldn't trust the vaccine are now the same people who say, you better get it or you're an idiot. Yeah. I see the hypocrisy yeah. in this, you know, so it, it's that kind of thing. Uh, same thing with Caitlyn Jenner. So one, at one moment, uh, not give a damn about any other woman and any opportunities that you're taking. But then all of a sudden you're like, I got the balls to stand up for them. Where were you? How many years ago? You know, you guys like my yeah. impression, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I, maybe this is something we'll disagree on. I don't know what you guys think about this. So I'm going to ask you a, a question about since, since this has become culturally relevant and it is, I was I was arguing with a, a friend who I very much respect, but who um, doesn't seem to understand. And also, this friend was in Germany, so maybe it's a little different there. But yeah. don't they don't seem to understand that this is no longer a private matter? They were, you know, he was saying, oh, somebody's if they decide to identify as a woman, or you know, that's their private decision. It's like, no, it's far beyond that. It used to be a private decision, and if they could blend in, nobody really cared. That, you know, it's like, like if I saw Blair White going in the ladies room, I'm not going to do a double take. It's like, she looks like a woman. So it wasn't that, and it, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. But now with the, the activists pushing this idea that biological sex is no longer real, that it's socially constructed and you can say, you can just <laughs> choose to identify however you want. Now it's a public matter because now publicly we are having to reckon with this. We're watching men win in women's sports. We're watching men, you know, win woman of the year. And, and we're also watching, at least in the U S there's, there's, there's no ban on, on what they call gender affirmative care on children. That's a public matter. There are kids who are getting 
puberty blockers, Lupron being one of them, which is a drug for uh, prostate cancer in men. It's not FDA approved for kids, but they're using it on kids to block puberty. They're getting, uh, in some cases, cross-sex hormones. And in Texas, until until recently, uh, when the governor put out a notice saying he's going to treat this as child abuse, until recently, there were clinics performing mastectomies on kids as young as 12. Wow. So that's a public matter. And so it's a long yeah. buildup to say, now that it's a public matter, now that we're being forced everyone to, to reckon with this, what are your thoughts about trans people versus what I would call like trans activists? And do you see a distinction? It, personally, I'm asking this because personally, I, I don't mind using a person's preferred pronouns if I think they're coming from a good place and they're not demanding it of me and they're not being dishonest and they're not pretending that biological sex isn't real. Someone like Blair White, for example, doesn't claim to be a biological woman. Blair's like, I'm trans woman. I prefer living as a woman. Fine. And she looks like a woman to me. So I'm going to say she, but Leah Thomas is a liar and a fraud. And my mind says, no, I will not comply with your demand. I'm going to call you he. So Carissa, do you guys have a, a yeah, that's, that's a man. A man. <laughs> so that's a long buildup, but do you, and I, I have friends who go both ways. I have some friends who say, I'm not going to use the preferred pronouns no matter what, because I think it's all a lie. And I have others who use them no matter what. Um, what are your opinions on that? Um, I, I'll say that if I know them, you know, I'm not going to be rude. And I'll, if, if that makes them more comfortable, then sure. But um, in general, I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm just not going to be, you know, personally rude to someone. But see, that's that's kind of the other thing. I don't want to veer off too much, but like they're so rare. And, and mm -hmm. you know, while we're having this long discussion about it, which has validity because of the events that have happened, the, these particular people are so rare in our society that it almost feels like, should we even talk about it as much as we do? Mm -hmm. So um, I have something actually to bring up, but I'll, I'll, you know, when you're ready. He makes, he makes a good point. It, I mean, I forget the percentage of transgender people, but I mean, it's like less than a percent, isn't it? I mean, it's like, it's tiny, tiny. Well, now it's, so what's happened now that it's become so culturally dominant, this idea now it's it's no longer, it used to be less than a percent. And new studies are saying that young people, it's as high as 20% are now identifying. That's insane. That's not real. No. No. They're, they push <laughs> it very hard though. And I just wonder why. I, I mean, beyond just, you know, basics, but I'm just saying just in a practical sense, why do you push it so much? I mean, I would honestly... Yeah, that is that is a wormhole, totally. Uh, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, these are the same people who claim the world's going to end in nine years because of how many people are on the earth and because of cow farts. So, I mean, <laughs> so, so I, I think some of it really is population control. I think that's why they love homosexuality. And I think it's why they support transgender. I, I mean, I, I, it's, I think it's that basic, honestly, with some of these people. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like I, at some point I can't live in your fantasy world. You know, if you want to be identify as a wolf, should I should I embrace <laughs> your wolfness until you know? It's so at some point, like 
okay, if you want to be called Sarah now, okay, whatever. I'll call you Sarah. You know, na names aren't really, you know, they're, they can, you can have a guy named Andy, girl named Andy, whatever. Okay, I'll call you by your preferred name. But I, I, I personally don't want to divulge into your <laughs> fantasy land. And, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's not based in reality. And so that, that's a large problem of this as well. It's not reality based. You know? Well, and, and that what he's saying kind of comes back as, as you guys were saying before. I mean, transgender people are not new; like they've been around. It's just they yeah, were. There's nothing new under the sun. No, yeah. but but they weren't demanding of things. Like now, this movement, they demand things. They demand that all those girls playing uh or playing in sports just sit there and shut up and just take it and let this yeah. man dominate their sport. And like, if you watch almost any movement, what's interesting with time, it starts out as acceptance and then mm -hmm. it's everywhere. And then it's no bow down and kiss the boot. You know, like mm -hmm. it, you have to love it. You have to be an activist for it. Like what it, it just, it, so many different things you'll notice. It starts mm -hmm. out subtle and it just, you know, well, and I mean, you have that one situation was in North Carolina in the locker room um, with the boy that was, I mean, exposing himself. And I think kind of I think there was like a sexual harassment claim between it's Virginia. OK, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just don't know what damage can be done. And I saw someone I post on my Instagram. She was British, but she was talking about transgenderism and just how it, it is so how like even when a man comes into a woman's bathroom, like you're invading our personal space and like women may not feel comfortable to say anything, but they don't feel comfortable. Like that's just the bottom line. And, and it really is kind of a, a safety issue. And I'm not saying all transgender people are going to do anything, but sickos can claim to be that. And it, it's just problematic. I mean, it just, it is. And as far as addressing someone, I will say, I mean, I know this is such a, answer but I always want to be kind to everyone you know I, I really do first and foremost I want to be loving and kind and kind of like I think was said like if someone feels more comfortable like you know like I I would do that for them but I also get the points made you also don't want to indulge someone yeah and their fantasy into something yeah. that you know maybe a road they don't need to go down if that's the case well, and I would probably, if I was addressing someone who is transgender, I'd probably just call them by the name they told me. I yeah, probably just like kinda, most of the time you can. Yeah. I mean, I probably would just avoid honestly with pronouns and just call them by the, whatever name they told me their name is. Mm -hmm. Adam, what were you going to say? Um, one of the things I, I want people also recognize is that there's an industry that's developed from the whole transgender uh, situation. Um, you know, my wife, she's not a plastic surgeon, but she works in plastic surgery. And she, we have these conversations every so often. And she was telling me about how there's one particular surgeon where all they do is top surgery. That's all they do. And they're booked for well over a year, right? And the reason they do it is because there's so much money in it. There's such demand for it now. And I think there's going to be a huge reckoning in about a decade. Um, whether it be from suicides, um, you know, reconstruction to try and get breasts back, um, lawsuits, you name it. But I think there's going to be a huge reckoning for this particular industry, the plastic surgery industry, um, and, and amongst other actors who, you know, giving out puberty blockers and stuff like that um, from like Planned Parenthood and, 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 and the like. But I think people don't realize that there is an entire industry that has developed from this and they're making a lot of money 
And once there's an industry that's created, it's hard to get rid of it, you know, because there's no incentive yeah. to get rid of it. So Adam, I think people I, should keep that in mind. I think you're onto something, Adam, just about, um, you know, this issue, because I've seen multiple stories of people who regret it uh, transitioning. And I mean, once you transition, you can't go back. It's <laughs> they don't it's not a reverse pill, you know, and so. Yeah. I think we're going to see more more things like that. You you talked about suicides. Uh, I, that definitely happens. Uh, depression, um, because once this becomes your identity and you're like, wow, this wasn't as life changing as I thought it would be. I mean, man, that would that that, that would cause serious <laughs> identity crisis and, and you know, uh, people's lives one to end. And so, I, I unfortunately, I think we will see that. Uh, obviously, I don't hope for that, but I mean, it's the nature of reality. Once you you know divulge into things like that it's there's there's gonna there's, there's consequences for, mm. for things like this is ultimately what i'm getting at and so i think adam you're right well and i just yeah. want to say this is kind of random but it's like i truly am a person like live and let live like um but that they're not doing that like that that's that's the problem that's, that's saying earlier that's, yeah. that's what we're addressing at this point you're no longer just living and let living if you are coming into these biological female spaces like sports and you're taking that away from women but like you have now uh forced yourself into like our freedoms and our liberty and our spaces and, and that's just wrong i agree yeah. there's a um <clears throat> maybe i can put this link in the chat uh but there's a detrans group on reddit i don't know if you guys have ever spent time there but it is very large. It's up to, I think, 21,000 people now. And it's a space for people who have transitioned and then decided it was a mistake and are now trying to detransition. And if you look through all these stories, there's thousands of, it's mostly women. It's mostly women who trans, it's being male. Um, many of them did so starting when they were kids um, went on Lupron, went on the puberty blockers. Now some of them are dealing with these permanent, some of them had mastectomies and now they're dealing with these permanent effects and trying to go back and live as a woman. In some cases they have problems with cysts on their uterus. They have, um, obviously some of them had surgery to remove their breasts and other side effects of, of taking testosterone for so many years. There, I, one of the ones I read recently was a woman who's like, you know, my hair is still falling out. I have lethargy. I have, um, uh, I'm infertile, like all of these issues. And I think what you're saying, Adam, is true. And, and Chris, everyone is that there's going to be that reckoning. You said 10 years, Adam. Yeah, maybe even sooner. But I think you're right. Sometime within the next decade, you're going to have a lot of these women. Some of them are already, are already suing. There's one in the UK who's suing they're, they're going to start suing their parents. They're going to start suing the doctors who did this because your first, as a doctor, your first oath is to do no harm. And to say that a kid is capable of making that decision with these permanent effects on their body, um, there is going to be a mass awakening, a mass uh, uh, era of lawsuits, I think, that might do something to change the public mind. But... Yeah, I, I think it, it's always going to take a threat to money to change people's behavior um, for many of things. That's the one benefit about our country is that you can sue people. Um, 
I mean, it could be abused, but you can also sue people and get them to change their behavior. Uh, and if enough lawsuits start popping up, then people start looking at, you know, reading the tea leaves and start changing their behavior. So, you know, not, not just the, um, you know, the plastic surgeons, but even the, the therapists who are just reaffirming what the kids are saying, right? They're no longer told they can challenge. I mean, I mean, they're, they're being told that they can't challenge the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're just reaffirming what the kids are saying. And yes, you, I guess you are a boy now or a girl now. So just continue down that path and I'll be here to support you. Um, you know, they're even going as far as threatening people's ability to, to be with their children because of it. So I, I think, yeah, maybe, maybe 10 years, maybe less. But I think it's going to come down to litigation and for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking with this marriage and family therapist yesterday, uh, Jake Whiskerchen. He's amazing, by the way. If you if you guys haven't aren't following him on Twitter, you should follow him. It's uh, Jake Whisk, and he's just so grounded, and he's so and, and you know what it's like. I know I know you all know what it's like when you meet someone these days that like they know what's up. You're like, yay, another one, and I'm like, but he was telling me that that the, in the therapy field they are now being told that they have to push what it's called affirmative care. And that's not Mm -hmm. just for kids who come in with gender dysphoria. That's for everything, which it basically means he said, if a person comes in and they tell you, I have depression and, and you as a therapist say, I don't think you do. I think, I think you have borderline personality disorder. They say, no, I don't want borderline personality disorder. I want depression. (laughs) And you have to treat them for depression. Isn't that insane? It's like, that really is insane. You know, it's interesting, Carrie, you bring that up because as you were, we were talking, I was thinking about like the psychology field and therapists because they are literally either being forced to deny what they know to be true or just to go along with a fantasy with someone and literally enable them into something that, that can be very kind of harmful. Like how it was just changed in the medical or yes. the, what is the DSV or whatever, like a few years DSM. ago. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, I mean, a mental illness. That's what it was listed as. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So it's just, did everybody change their mind? Which I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not getting into that, but oops. <laughs> No, but ideology is having an impact. It's infiltrating the medical field and the mental yes. health field. And so people are now going to therapists. It's it's almost, we're going to, I think we're going to see some medical malpractice suits in this area as well, because you're going there presumably because you know something's wrong with your mental health. You want to get help. And instead of having a therapist who's been told to seriously and honestly evaluate you and help you in the best way possible, the therapist is being told We'll just see what they think it is and then validate that. <laughs> <I love this. laughs> yeah. Well, and think about the absurdity of that. Like the professional has been trained. They've gone through years of schooling to identify what the issue is just to have the patient come in and tell them what they believe it is and have to go with that. So like, yeah. what's the point of school? And their job's probably not going to be very effective. No, <laughs> because yeah. you've just got to go with their delusion or whatever they, they claim. Chris, I'm so sorry. I had you on mute a second ago because there's an echo. You're off of mute. It's just, I'm so sorry. You were trying to diagnosis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So, uh, hey guys, look at all the people in the chat. I'm going to say I'm going to put up this Pirate Tomsky one. Hello, Pirate. He says I'll never understand someone who wants to chop off their wedding tackle to win a gold medal. 
<laughs> but you don't have to. Leah Thomas didn't. Yeah. Leah Thomas still has the wedding tackle, which I mean, but a part of me was like, if you're gonna go the if you're gonna go that route, go the full route. Don't don't yeah. be playing games. You know what I mean? Like cut it all off, do the surgery, like go big or go home. Go big or go home. <laughs> Show your commitment, right? Lisa Kay, Canada passed federal law that prohibits counselors from anything but affirmation of gender transition. Wow. Gosh. I wasn't aware of that, but that Man, sounds Canada's like gone. <laughs> and what happened to Canada? <laughs> Canada's just so much further along than us. I think part of it is they don't have in their culture, they don't have that same respect for freedom of speech mm. that we do. Not that not that our respect for that isn't being eroded, but it's not even codified in their law, you know? So it's yeah, a little... I was just thinking the, the Canadian dating scene must be really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something else. Now, this is just an anecdote, but I've seen this. Uh, our My friend Mike Harlow, who some of you know, he was showing me what it's like to be on dating apps now as a gay man. They don't put like you can say I'm only interested in men, and but they you can't filter mm. for trans, <laughs> and so <laughs> he's getting like all these women in there that he's like, no, why are you showing me this? Like I'm not that's not even who I'm looking for. It's making it very complicated to to date. I imagine. <laughs> Man, you, you know, so glad I'm not in the dating scene anymore. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just to be married, it's a it's a safety from all this craziness. It's it's wild out there. It's wild. <laughs> Ooh. Um, by the way, you you guys both, I've seen you do posts about your wives and stuff, and you, I think you you add a lot of joy to the internet when you do that because so much of Twitter is like doom scrolling and you know just the things that we're looking at and going, what is this? Why? This is crazy. So I love seeing your post. And and Adam, you had a post the other day where you were talking about, it's a total pet peeve of mine as well. You were talking about the way people <laughs> slag off marriage. Yeah. You know, the uh, wait till they change and, uh, you know, the whole ball and chain, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, I, I never liked it because it, it kind of just it makes it very one-sided if there's a problem, and, you know, and it comes from married people who just feel like it's cheaper to keep her or um, and it comes from divorced people who are just, you know, very slighted because, you know, divorce can be very troublesome, but I personally don't like, it. I feel like it's like bad juju that they're trying to put on you or, or just basically projection of, of their bad experience onto you. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't like it. It actually, other people were bringing this up too. And I also hate this too. Um, and I've had this happen when it comes to kids. Cause they're always like, wait till they hit the teenage years. And I'm like, my son's 16. <laughs> my son's fine. Very respectful. They're like, oh, they're all defiant. I was like, maybe you're a kid. Like, but my son isn't like that. Like my son, other adults are like, wow, your son's very pleasant. I'm like, yeah. Cause we raise them to be that way. Like it's your responsibility. That's why I'm, I'm hard on parents because I, I feel like a lot of parents don't want the responsibility of taking the the good and the bad when it comes to their kids. But ultimately, it's your job, right? And if your kid is all messed up, I'm I'm sorry, but it's kind of <laughs> your fault. 
it's, it's, it's harsh to say. If your kid shoots up a school, I'm sorry, but it's kind of your fault too. Like you didn't pull the trigger, but you helped to raise the kid who pulled the trigger. Like it's it's a harsh thing to say, and people don't want to accept it. But if my kid did that, I'd be devastated because I'd be like, I could have done something better. I could have done better to make sure that doesn't happen. But, um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately, I think people just like to transfer their bad energy, uh, especially when they don't take accountability for a situation onto other people. They do that on both things. You're right. People do tend to do that. Yeah, very <laughs> true. It's, uh, Lissa agrees with you. She says, I hate when people denigrate or mock their spouse. It's gross. It is gross. I hate it when people do it to their spouse. I hate it when they do it to their friends, mm -hmm. to other friends. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. If I ever hear a friend slagging off another friend, it's like, wow, well, I know what I can expect yeah. from you yes. about me, you know, like it's yeah. just, there's something really, uh, I think it's that misery, what I said to you on, on Twitter, Adam, which is misery loves company. If they've had a bad mm -hmm. experience, they they really want to think that it's universal and that everybody has a bad experience. How, how could you be happy in your marriage? How could you be happy with where your kids are at? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my, my wife has totally upgraded me, uh, you know, <laughs> holy as a person, as a man, one of the funny, the funny things my wife says is like, we, we, she kind of jokes about this, but she's like, you know, if, if I were to die, I, I'd never want you to get married because, uh, I put all that hard work into you and someone else is going to benefit from it. You know? like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, <laughs> but, but did you say, did you like say, uh, okay, I'll remain single. She'll never know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to switch topics here for a second, unless you guys have something else that's on your mind. I've got one more thing. Okay. Anything. Um, okay. I, I kind of wanted to talk about, not necessarily about Ukraine, mm -hmm. but about Zelensky. Oh, well, that leads into what I'm going to do next anyway. So let's do it. Okay. What do you, you I don't have a lot of thoughts about it. So I, I would, what did you want to say about it? Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm still in that stage where I'm just trying to absorb what everyone else is saying. So I yeah. feel like I don't know enough about foreign policy or Russia or Ukraine or anything. I know I don't trust the media. Right. And, and I know like our, our brother, he pastored a church that a Ukrainian church rented out from him. And he was telling him just how messy, I mean, this was a couple of years ago, just how long back the tension goes, how detailed it is, how messy it is. So I can just assume how our media is making this, just jumping in without knowing any of the real information and just making it a total disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, so when I say Zelensky, it's kind of like how, it's like my MO, I people watch, right? So to me, I don't even really need to know too much about Zelensky, but I watch people's patterns and behaviors. And that's why I said, you know, uh, yesterday's homosexuals are today's Zelensky files, right? Uh, are, yeah. And, and someone got pissed off at me because I said that, but it's kind of true that worshiping politicians uh, I don't care who it is or which side you're on is detrimental and it's likely to backfire on you. Like you don't want to do that. And so I'm really, I'm really skeptical about a guy from a country that most people can't pin on a map all of a sudden become the Ukrainian hero in a, in a matter of days, not weeks, months, 
days. And that is a narrative and we're supposed to swallow it up. And as every day went by, every hero story from Ukraine gets debunked. Um, and everything that is happening around us is, is making me feel like, is someone trying to make this guy seem way bigger than he actually is? Yeah. You know, and there's there's a continuous narrative. That's why I laugh when people are like Russia propaganda. And I'm like, do you think America doesn't have propaganda? Do you think mm -hmm. Ukraine doesn't have propaganda? Like, of course, this, this is wartime. Everybody has their, their, their propaganda line of offense. Right. So this idea that if I criticize Zelensky, that means I'm pro Putin or that you're no longer to, uh, able to uh, even just talk about in a seemingly negative manner about a particular world leader, then you must be for the opposition. I think it's utterly stupid. I can criticize Joe Biden. Doesn't mean I hate America. I can criticize Zelensky. Doesn't mean I hate Ukrainians. Like it, it's this, it's this narrative that's being pushed over and over and over. And I can't help but to feel that they want to hold Zelensky, the Ukrainian savior, and he's falling behind and he's coming to America to beg for more money. Give us military. No fly zone. He wants all this shit from us and use America as his MX black card. And so we're just going to give it to him. Right. Because he's our Ukrainian hero. And if he fails at Ukraine, guess what? We're going to get more involved because that is a slippery slope that we always get into. We give arms when it fails. We get more involved. We put boots on the ground and in and so on and so on. So I think I think this whole thing about Zelensky is damn near some really good narrative-driven propaganda that's happening mm -hmm. here. We don't know this guy. Like, literally a month ago, no one knew what his name was. Who's the president of Ukraine? Who the fuck would know? Why would it care? Now, all of a sudden, he's a hero? Like, that's, that's the part where I'm like, you know, it's like we said, everybody was... Uh, um, you know, an expert of COVID, and then all of a sudden became foreign policy experts, mm -hmm. right? It's that same kind of like just switching all of a sudden. So I don't know. I don't, it's not even that, it's not even necessarily the guy himself, because I really don't care. It doesn't matter. But for me, it's about this narrative that we're being uh, driven every single day that this guy is somehow a hero who's on the front line shooting everybody. Meanwhile, he's going to appear on NBC and he came to Washington, D.C. to beg for money and beg for more arms and, and to have a no-fly zone. So I don't know, which one is it? Is he on the front line shooting people with a collision cough? <laughs> or is he flying to America to beg for shit from us so that we can get more involved? Which one is it? So, it's, but never it's mind. The, uh, no, I'll, it's I'll the deification. <laughs> That's what they'll call you. It's the deification. That's what it's yeah. not even really him. It's just the way he's being deified in the media. And you're right. They've they've been putting out there are all these hoaxes that the media is pushing, just like they did with the uh, Iraq War when they talked about the babies in the incubators dying, being killed, which wasn't true. They're putting out all these stories, and then. I can't even keep up with them because then they're having to retract it and say, well, that's not actually true. That didn't actually happen. This was the, these, these, um, what would you call them? They're, they're meant to get us on board with war and to be pro Zelensky. And that makes, that alone makes me skeptical. It's like, why are yeah. you engaging in a psyop on me? 
Yeah. I don't. Anytime the media pushes something at this point, honestly, I'm like, oh, probably want to go to the other. Well, and I mean, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding, but not not (laughs) that. And I don't know if this is it or not, but I mean, honestly, day one of Joe Biden's presidency, when he did a executive order to shut down the the Keystone pipeline and something else. It's like, I knew we were going to go, some war was going to happen because you have to get oil from somewhere. And since we've decided Mm -hmm. to stop American jobs and making our own oil, well, we're going to have to get involved somewhere else. We're going to have to figure somewhere to go get involved so we can get some oil and things like that. So I just kind of saw that coming and he kind of brought it up. So I'll piggyback off what what you said, uh, because I could sound really insensitive in what I'm about to say. But it's like him begging for money. So what we're going to we are almost at 8% inflation. Uh, gas is like yeah. at five bucks. Yeah. And that is a tax. A Whether, loaf of bread is $12. <laughs> that is a tax. <laughs> but on, it, it might be soon. You know, the, the, the group that wants to claim they're all for the little guy. Well, we're getting slammed right now. And I guess we're going to print out another 13 billion for this war that we have nothing to do with during this time. I, I mean, it's Why? just, it, and it, it's one of those I have to almost just check out of because it makes me so angry and feel so helpless. Like, I mean, inflation is just going to keep going up and That's like scary. our lives yeah. are going to be hell, but uh, I mean, Joe Biden did his thing. So Joe I mean, back better. Yeah, we're building back better in poverty. You know the thing. <laughs> you know yeah. the crazy part is it's only this is year one, so I yes, mean, year three. Imagine all, we can do. Yeah, sky's the limit. <laughs> sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the the whether it's a concerted effort or not. They, it's like we're heading for an economic crash. Yeah, and whether that's what they're trying to do or not, I have no idea anymore. But where inflation, which is stealing money from our pockets because the dollar is worth less every time they print more. And between that and their attacks on private property ownership, I mean, they basically were, what did they do this past year? They did, the CDC said that landlords, like which mostly impacts small mom and pop landlords, they couldn't evict people mm-hmm. if they weren't paying rent. So that's drying up private property ownership from among like the middle class, not about not, not Blackstone, BlackRock, which is the one that's buying up all the property. Those places are fine. They can afford to take the risk, BlackRock, but the mom and pop, the people who have maybe one or two properties, they rent out one. Those people are being squeezed. Now they're saying they're going to do this as part of the infrastructure bill. They're going to start charging us per mile to a tax to drive our own private vehicle somewhere. (laughs) That's, I've talked about this with people who don't believe that there's a, a coordinated push to, to really sack it to private property owners, but they say, I'm like, but, but even if you don't believe it's coordinated, can't you see that's what's happening? Even if that's not what they're intending. I mean, it truly is that, that communist idea, like you will own nothing and you will be happy. Like, that's kind of like where we're going. Like, and, and I think it is, I, I think they absolutely know what they're doing. Um, I think they've just came up with these ideologies that sound fancy to people and, and they accept them like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. I mean, to me, it's baffling that there are literally people who, I mean, if I, surely I, I want to think that I'm smart enough as a person that had I voted for Joe Biden, because I didn't like Trump, say, if, if that was the case, 
that I would at least be able to recognize I made an awful decision. Like this is this is horrible. I do wonder sometimes, like 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 are you like, oh I'm I'm glad I'm sure I'm confident about that decision I made. <laughs> no, I I don't think well, it's like with the gender thing we were talking about at the beginning. People can look at that photo, but ideological possession is so strong. I think it's it's like reality can be slapping you in the face with higher gas prices, squeezing out the middle class, squeezing out property owners, and they can still say, but this is the good guy. Mm. Isn't that amazing? The manipulation, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, and, it's and I, want to, I wanted to bring up one thing. I, I was watching a, a clip from Tucker Carlson uh, where Maria Salazar was on there. Uh, did you? Did anybody watch that clip by any chance? I no. didn't. So basically, um, uh, the gray zone was interviewing her, and she was basically saying, "We need to give Zelensky whatever he wants." Right. This is after he had. Sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, that, that this is after he had come to Congress to beg for money and and uh, military uh, items and everything. So. Tucker wanted to talk about it. And so he had Maria on. And the conversation to me just it astounded me from a from a sense that this man flew all the way to our country, got the opportunity to immediately speak to Congress, beg for military arms and money. And they came out of it saying, give him whatever he wants. Hmm. The urgency to escalate war. It's so efficient. The federal government can't do anything efficient, but it's so efficient about escalating war and giving money and military arms and getting more and more involved about a conflict that does not directly uh, have to do with us. And I find that so amazing because there's never been, what else can you think of that someone just showed up and said, give us this. And they say, yes, whatever you want. And that was the idea. And that's what they're going to essentially they're going to do. So I think that is absolutely amazing that, you know, when it comes to war and escalating war, that we have no problem just throwing, open up the checkbook, go into debt, print more money, you name it, to support this guy and give him uh, more money towards a, a particular situation like this, rather than saying there's stipulations to it. Or are you doing enough to de-escalate? What's going on with the negotiations? I mean, from my understanding, Putin doesn't want him to join NATO. And that's one of the stipulations for them withdrawing. Why do they need to join NATO? Right? You know, at some point, what is, if, if not joining NATO would be that one major step to preventing you from going to continue this war, then why is that something that we're not allowed to discuss? Why are we just supposed to say, well, he's a madman and, and how dare he tell them what to do? But this is when negotiations are. You you have your demands. This is what he wants. He's in your land. And, and the Russians, from what I can tell, are winning. Right. So I don't know. I I, I don't. Yeah, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. I'm actually I'm going to I'm so sorry. It's my show. I joke that this might happen ahead of time but I have a small dog emergency. So can I leave you guys just for one second? Yeah, you can. <laughs> and I, actually, okay. I have to go myself. To oh no, it's yeah. the Adam show. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Adam and Michelle. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just us, Adam. If you want me to stay right. a minute, I can. Uh, it's whatever you Let's, want. We, we can hang a minute. Yeah. What's up, yeah. Adam? No, I think doing? I think you make hey. I think you make excellent points. <laughs> you do. You really do. Hey. I mean, absolutely. Oh, we froze. Now, now I've frozen on you. Oh my gosh! One second, Adam. I, uh -oh. I'm going to fix our camera. Oh, we're uh -oh. from Tennessee. Yeah, where where Tennessee. are you? Or where are you from? I'm in New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, do we, is do it, we sound really? I was going to say, oh, do sorry? we sound really southern to you? Yes, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. We, we, we try not to sound really Southern. No, be yourself. <laughs> Hi, guys. Sorry about that. You should be. This is Ruby. That's okay. She's a troublemaker. <laughs> oh, this is uh, one of your babysitting dogs. Yes. I've got, uh, well, people that watch this show know. I'm not going to hide it. I have a lot of dogs here today. <laughs> this is causing problems. Anyway, thank you. Thank you guys for holding it down while I was gone. <laughs> Um, we, we talked think, about our accents. That's good. I think Chris <laughs> had to drop off. Do you Did know what I asked him that? I actually forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's and I didn't have to share that. Uh, I could have just gone right on, but it was like you know, it, I don't know why mentally it was like I thought we were just talking, like in my head, like there weren't were people watching. But oh, but that's good. the best. That's the best when you forget there's an audience. And you're just having a conversation because sometimes it's very true. Yeah, sometimes it, it's hard to like before you start, you know, and everybody's just mm -hmm. really being themselves and chill, and you're not worried that you don't have that nervousness or whatever. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, because I struggle to do that. So the few time if I can do that, it's like, oh, that was a good live stream, or that was a good, you know, being on somebody. Totally, it makes all the difference. Yeah. So I've got one more thing I wanted to talk about. If you guys have time, I know you might have to leave, Natalie, yeah. but. I just wanted to play this. I've got it queued up. Let's see. Uh, share. Yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing my green. <laughs> and can you guys see this video? Let's see. It's not starting good for me. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she's pushed play yet. No, I'm literally oh, oh. because it's. Oh, and, and most of us, we're always, whether we're in Ireland or here, whatever it is, Bono has been a very Irish part of our lives. This is a poem that Bono he wrote. This. He said, Oh, St. Patrick, he drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's, all it, that's not all it takes. What the smoke symbolizes an evil that arises and hides in your heart as it breaks. And the evil from risen from friends, from the darkness that lives in some men, but in sorrow and fear, that's when saints can appear. You drive out those old snakes once again. And they struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine, and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> listen, listen to all of that applause. Isn't that crazy? 
So she really but, said that? That wasn't like added in but, at the end? But, or did no, somebody add ba, that in to be ba, funny? Okay, are you like, getting that Bono wrote that yeah. and she read it? And yeah, okay. you kind of felt like it was rhyming and then the end there, just not at like, all. Like the way she read that was like, if you've ever seen like uh, Meet the Parents, you know, with Ben Stiller, he's like, <laughs> trying to pray at the dinner table and he's like, Lord, guide me more nearly. You know, and he's just like so unsmooth. Like he doesn't know. It. It's like, that's how she reads this. She, she's, it's so awkward. It's so it's cringe. The poem is bad. The poem's not even good, Bono. No. Um, and then she's dressed like, I mean, look at this dinner of the elites, like the <laughs> Titanic is sinking. And these guys, it's like <laughs> Hunger Games, like at, over their expensive dinners. Let me read you this poem from Bono about how Zelensky is God. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, like, isn't it cool? It's so out of touch. <laughs> it's so out of touch. I um, I don't know. I just I had to share that since it was St. Patty's Day, and that was one of the more absurd things that came across my desk. Uh, but there's one other thing. This this maybe we can go out on this. This is a little known. Oh, at least I didn't know this until the past few years. Did you know that Bono? Bono dresses up like Satan. He has his character he does. No. I did no. not know this about him. No. Okay. I know that they that Apple forced that album on me and I wasn't very happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one more. Let me just pause this for a second and get it up. This is just really disturbing. So he's been doing this character for a long time. But now with the advent of uh, uh, holograms or what have you know, new technology, now he's doing it with a hologram projected on his face. And this is him at a recent show in the past two years. Oh. Oh, hello. I'm back. Yet you've never been so divided, my little disunited kingdom, have you? Oh my god. Dang, I would have to like slow that down and really like break down what he's saying and listening, but that is that is creepy. Well, and it's That's like he's disturbing. just he's just like being honest though about what's yeah. going on. Like I like think the parts I could hear. I think actually what he says is truthful. It's just mm -hmm. he's saying like never been more divided. He's saying what usually is kept like under wraps publicly. Yeah. He and creeps even, me even out. With the, oh, yeah. that well, I mean, <laughs> why would you want to do that? <laughs> Yeah. I, it it really creeps me out. I I don't know. I think Adam, did you know he does this character? No. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have never guessed. No. To be honest. 
I think what he's trying to do, what he would say he's doing, is it's a character in which he is uh, calling out the evil in the world through this character of the devil. Like he's having the devil voice all these evil things that are happening. But when I watch that, that's not what I get from it. I get from it that he really enjoys this. I mean, it it just, my, on a gut level, I don't feel good. (laughs) Exactly. You're right. You're like, something feels off about this. I mean, on a gut level, it just feels like you're listening to Satan talk about like how he really feels. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he loves Um, doing that. He might be a mouthpiece or something. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm sure he is. Um, (laughs) No, I, I was just thinking, you know, it's kind of like how uh, creative types, you know, especially when they're really good at something, they all of a sudden think they're good at a lot of things and they're really not. <laughs> yeah, like it's an illusion. <laughs> yeah. You know, he might be a really good singer, but he's not a spoken word artist or whatever <laughs> the hell he's trying to do. Um, it's just kind of weird. Um, yeah, so maybe there, maybe there's a, a whole backstory that if I was a huge U2 fan, I'd be like, oh, you know, that's the funniest or that's the great, great what's happening. But I don't, I don't, I don't, really yeah, I don't think so. There are people in the chat agreeing. Look, I, I just was curious if people have the same gut reaction. Twig Girl says, I've met Bono, he's short and wears those fancy sunglasses recreationally. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm highlighting this one because that's the other thing he does that creeps me out. He wears those rose-colored glasses. Yeah, they're like rose-colored tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. He's looking at the world through red all the time. What is that about? <laughs> like, <laughs> again, I know I'm judging based purely on gut level like he stuff. Wants to live the saying, like you know, to view life through rosy-colored glasses. Isn't that like a saying? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, so he yeah. wants to literally do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that that meant like you're being delusional. <laughs> I, think, I think that's happening as well i think both, he might be a little delusional <laughs> yeah he's he's just i used to like you too as a lot of people in the chat are saying when i was younger in college and but the more i learn about him the more i just i think he's a mouthpiece for bad beliefs bad ideology it, it was you know he was outed with his charity with, with only like one percent of his charity is actually going to charity and the rest is going to him and to private planes and stuff. Like everything I hear about him lately just makes me more grossed out, I guess. And so this poem, you're just like, of course, of course he wrote this, this poem that it was it's not even middle school level. And then at the end, it's like, <laughs> Zelensky. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And her delivery uh, was the mixture of the two, I guess. Yeah. Wasn't he trying to like, save africa or something like that was that his charity yes he had a a charity let me see i didn't prepare this ahead of time but i'm gonna look it up right quick he had a charity with africa and said he bought planes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so a lot of these a lot of nonprofits. you know they call it the non nonprofit industrial complex for a reason because so much (laughs) of it is just about making money for the people who work at the nonprofit, and his was no exception but it was actually, yeah, I was right. It was 1%. Guys, look at this. Here, let's put this on the screen. So, so his foundation is called the One Foundation. 
Can you guys see that? Let's see. It looks Not like it's yet. loading. There oh, it there is. Okay. Bono's One Foundation. <laughs> it's 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 appropriately named because he only gives 1% of the funds to charity. <laughs> He's on. One, yeah. Bono's Anti-Poverty Foundation, One, is under pressure to expand its finances after it was revealed that only a small percentage of money it raises reaches the needy. The nonprofit organization set up by the YouTube frontman received almost 9.6 million pounds. Hey, it's pounds. I know that means that's more in dollars <laughs> oh, in yeah. donations yeah. in 2008, but handed only 118,000 pounds to good causes, which is 1.2%. These figures were published by the New York Post. What, over 5.1 million pounds went towards paying the salaries of people. Yeah, well, don't and, forget that 0.2%. I mean, I think that matters. Bono, <laughs> oh, you have been right. exposed today, sir. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, I thought of that. Like, he's got this whole record now, I think, of being publicly creepy, of being kind of a con man who's Ooh. raising money for the poor, but only giving out 1% of it. And yet he still gets lauded by people like Nancy Pelosi. Like, Bono wrote us this poem, and we all know how great Bono is. Let's read so they're like, in bed together somehow. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, what I was saying when thinking when I you don't said, mean literally. <laughs> I want to paint a picture there. No one wants to think about that. Moving on. Um, when when she was uh, when you were saying that, I mean, yeah, that's what I thought. It's like they they are the same type of person. Like they present you themselves have a common interest or whatever the they ugh. they present themselves as being for the people, for the little person. Where I'm going to help Africa. And all they do is line their own pockets. I mean, whether yeah. it's Nancy Pelosi or Bono or, I mean, a, a lot of them. I mean, so it's just, they're... A lot of politicians, generally. Sadly, yeah. most, I would say. Um, but, I mean, they're just, they're they're one of the same, basically. Yeah. Well... I mean, I, I was going to say, I don't really trust many people who refer to themselves in one name. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, Mad Madonna? surprise me. I don't Cher. trust her. Cher. Don't trust her. Hmm. I trust her. What about Elvis? I think mm. it's Elvis Presley. <laughs> he thought about that one. I like it. Well, yeah. well, actually, it's not like he says, my name is Elvis. And yeah, that's it. he's Elvis Presley. People just, you just know you can call him Elvis. And he, you know. he was but that if he famous. Said, <laughs> he was that famous. But if you said, it is no longer Presley, just Elvis. Or like, like Kanye just wants to be known as Ye. I'm kind of like, yeah. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> so that's I've just got my a, thought. You guys, I'm sorry if you're in the chat and I'm I'm slow on putting up the super chats. I've got one here for you. Let's see. I thought Pelosi's God was George Floyd. <laughs> when did she change religions? Thank you, Josh. Oh my God. Whenever it was convenient to do so. Whenever it needed yes. to be changed. <laughs> and then I've got well, one more. J.S. Pena. How do you say that? Pena? Uh, Pena. Pena. All right, Kara, are you still in unsafe space or are you just going to be here from now on? I'm just going to be here from now on. And this is a new okay. channel. So if you are just tuning in for the first time and you enjoy all of my tech problems, just please hit subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate it. Uh, I think I got them all. Pirate Tomsky's helping me out. If there's any I miss, Pirate, just put them on the screen. I'm sorry about that. Uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys hanging out today. 
uh, yeah, trying to make sense I, of the I, world. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for having yeah. us. I think Natalie enjoyed this more than she does her own show. So <laughs> I, think I think I'm in the wrong lane, honestly. <laughs> if you guys want to just, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, can I make like a, a dirty ish joke? Because he asked what happened with what happened with George Floyd. I was going to say, uh, you know, there are quite a few white women who have, a, you know, the black phase. Uh, <laughs> Silence. Silence. <laughs> she just had hers uh, a little later, you know. <laughs> oh man, she took off ever, the, they always say. She she took off the kufi, took off the scarf. <laughs> Remember when she, she was said, wearing the the kente cloth? Yes. Yeah. She took it all off. Stopped. She stopped taking a knee, and now she salutes to salutes. <laughs> she took that knee. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, she just went through the phase. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um. So why don't you guys tell everybody where they can find you? I did put up, and Chris had to leave early. I'm so appreciative that he could be here. But I put up everybody's handles down below if you want to follow these guys on Twitter, but just tell people where you're at, where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find, uh, I run basically force of light entertainment on Twitter is me. Uh, it's basically my personal account or is my personal account. And then you also can find me at Michelle 34 Smith on Instagram and our YouTube channel force of light entertainment on YouTube. Yeah. So check out force of light entertainment and, um, let's see. I'm You're on Twitter. She doesn't do much there. I don't do much on Twitter. <laughs> I, I'm a uh, Natalie R grace on Twitter and Nat loves Bella 07 on Instagram. It was great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Uh, for myself, uh, wrong speak publishing. Uh, you can go to wrongspeak.net, read articles either from myself or other people. If you want to contribute an article, feel free to contact me. Um, I'm all over Twitter these days. So at wrong underscore speak, Instagram, the same, uh, Facebook, I'm sort of on, but you can look me up Adam B. Coleman. Um, and the book behind me, that's my book, black victim, black victor. You can purchase on wrong speaks website or from Amazon, uh, in barnesandnoble.com, but not a lot of people go on there anyway. So I'll say Amazon. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's basically it. And you're doing a lot of, you're, uh, writing a lot for Newsweek lately, aren't you? Yeah, quite a few, quite a few articles I've, I've put on Newsweek and, and then the New York Post I was able to have published. Um, but now I'm focusing on the second book. So. Oh, awesome. Can yeah. you tell us what it's going to be about or no? Sure. There's a deeper premise, but ultimately it's about saviorism. So, you know, this book is about the victim mentality. This book will be about savior mentality. Oh, that's good. That's a nice follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys for being in the chat, hanging out with us today. This is a new channel, so hit like and subscribe, do all the things. And I just appreciate you guys spending Friday with us. Have a good weekend. Yes. You as well. Bye. Bye. <laughs>